Welcome to our Making History Parenting Podcast, part of our Rolling Hills Podcast Network, which includes great podcasts like our Men's Leadership Network, As You Go for Women, and our Sermon Series Podcast. So our Making History podcast is designed to help parents navigate various stages in your parenting journey. And most of all, we want to help make God's story come alive in the hearts of your kids. And my name is Jennifer Akers, and with me is co-host Chase Baker. Hey, hey. And today we're talking about mamas. Yes. And I'm a big fan. So, and actually, I'm a a mama's boy. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah, I did know this. We have have three, (laughs) have two brothers, and all of us were mama's boys Mm -hmm. and and the release of this episode is actually the week of mother's day so to all of our moms out there happy mother's day we are so grateful for you and if you're listening on the week that's not mother's day weekend we still celebrate you and and this day is all about you so we celebrate you yeah it's awesome love it that's great happy mother's day to all the mothers out there so jennifer um you are a mom i am to three kiddos three now annalise how old's Annalise? Annalise is nine. Ivy Rose is just turned six last week. And Oliver is one. Okay, yes. so you're a wide spectrum yes. of motherhood. So tell me, what is um, or who is your favorite? First of all, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm really kidding. So I can't um, answer that, Chase. I no, can't. I have a real question for you. <laughs> How has being a mom changed you? Oh wow. Uh, that's uh, a big question. It's it's a big question. Being a mom changes everything. I mean, your whole perspective changes once that once that baby comes into the world. I think that you learn that um, everything filters not through not only through your own choices, but through what's best for my kid. And so mm-hmm. you learn how to say no to things. You learn what's best for your family rhythm. You um, become a mini expert on medical needs and yeah. uh, educational needs and which baby toys are best and which <laughs> schools have the best, uh, you know, X, Y, Z. So I, I think that being a mom changes everything about your life. Um, and it's the most amazing thing ever. I'm so thankful that I get to be a mom, that the Lord's allowed me to do that. And it's our biggest, um, it's our biggest gift as moms is to get to disciple our kiddos. So mm. I'm really thankful. That's awesome. What a great answer. So what's the grossest thing you've ever gotten into as a mom? Every dirty diaper. (laughs) Every dirty. I tell you that my least favorite thing so far, and I only have a nine-year-old right now, is potty training. Oh, yeah. So for any mamas out there that are in the potty training stage, I see you. Well, we are are currently in the world. We just had a baby. Um, She is four months, five months right now. And so we're just getting to that solid foods and the poop starts to change over. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, they're real bad. Anyway, motherhood. Motherhood is great and wonderful and hard and awesome all at the same time. That's awesome. (laughs) So today we are going to bring in another mom, a really incredible mom. She's a parent of three, like me, which is so crazy Mm -hmm. to say now. Um, She has Sarah, who's in college, Luke, who is a senior this year, and Nate, who's a junior. And her husband is Jeremy, and they have been married for 23 years, we found out, which is Mm -hmm. just so awesome. And so we are excited to interview Molly Westmoreland. And so Molly has a ministry called Sea Planting Mom, and this ministry helps moms gain practical tools and tangible next steps to cultivate conversations that really matter with your child about what they believe about themselves and what they believe about God. 
Yes, we love Molly, mm-hmm. and we have been, we, she's been a great resource to our church family, yeah. but also for mine and your family um, specifically. Um, so without hesitation, let's jump right into the interview with Molly. All right, Molly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And hey, just real quick, can you tell us a little bit about your family, yourself, and what led you to to start this ministry, Seed Planting Mom? Sure. So I'm married to Jeremy, and we will be married 23 years this year. And we have three kids awesome. who are about to be 18, 19, and 20. Our oldest is a daughter, um, Sarah, and then our two sons are Luke and Nate. Um, We've been in Franklin for 16 years and at Rolling Hills for a little over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I work full time outside the home and the Lord has blessed me with an opportunity to do seed planting mom, which is something that started. Well, it's a story God's been writing for a long time, Mm -hmm. long time in my heart. But I would say seed planting mom in its um, official form started five or six years ago and really just comes from a place of having a heart for moms. I think I, when I learned I was going to be a mom, I had a lot of shame and fear, fear over how do I do this, shame over not knowing how to do this and what that would look like. And um, the Lord began to really work with me when Sarah was little to say, what is it that you want her to know and believe when she leaves your home at 18? Mm-hmm. Right? What is it that you want her to know and kind of working backwards to say, okay, here are some core values, and now how do we actually implement that? And over the years, people would say, man, I love what you're doing with Sarah. Um, Can you share it with me? And Mm -hmm. so over the years, I would do that. And at one point, my boys were like, mom, what about us? Like, where are all Mm -hmm. our special dates and trips? And I think I was really um, taken back by their interest in that. I think I had this really preconceived notion that I would kind of take care of Sarah and Jeremy would kind of take care of the boys. Mm -hmm. And I will say so loudly from the highest mountaintop that the ability to pour into my sons in that intentional way has, has been a great blessing Mm. for us. So see planning mom, when I get the chance to connect with moms and encourage them on their journey and remind them that God did handpick them Mm -hmm. um, to be their kiddos mama. Mm. And what does it look like to not be, either extreme. I think that's another thing I have seen and why I felt such a burden to to take a next step in that journey with seed planting mom was there's moms over here in this category who feel paralyzed mm-hmm. and don't know what to do so they don't do anything. Right? Mm-hmm. They're just paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And then you have moms in this other category who are controlling and helicopterish mm-hmm. and are are so enmeshed in their kids that they're not equipping them. They're just controlling them and as always that middle ground of saying lord where Mm. where do i come in to actually engage my kids not control them not leave them to their own um, but come alongside them so that's awesome and we have benefited from your ministry um, in more ways than one so we're so grateful for you and and just the impact you've had on just us and our families over the years. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I adore your kids. And so you have, like you said, a daughter, Sarah, and then you have two boys, Luke and Nate. So can you tell us a little bit about um, growing up, them growing up, and what it was like mothering um, a daughter and sons, and what some of those differences have been for you and some of the lessons you've learned along the way? 
Yeah, so I think I have a lot of thoughts about that. Oh, good. I do think <laughs> that there are differences between boys and girls. And, and when I hesitate there, it's because part of my response to that is there are some traditional stereotypical differences between boys and girls. And yet, the more I walk this journey, my own and alongside other people, it becomes really clear to me that we got to learn about our own kids' wiring. Mm -hmm. Because we can find girls and boys that don't fit those stereotypes. But if we're going to take a step back and make a general statement, I would say girls prefer interaction, right? Mm -hmm. More words, the better, right? Words Mm -hmm. mean something to them. And boys want action, and words mean less to them than they do to to girls. Mm-hmm. I think um, our daughters want relationship. They want relationship from their parents, from their friends, and those relationships a lot of times determine how they see themselves. Yeah. You know, if there's connection there, then they feel confident and they feel like they can grow and do things. And if there's not, then they begin to question, "Who am I? Where is my voice?" I mean, they want competition Mm -hmm. because they want a winner. Again, back to that action thing, they want to win so then they know this is how I measure up. And and so I think there's a difference in that as well. Um, I think girls tend to need a softer approach um, to things, whereas my boys, they respond much better to just direct to the point. Again, back to the less words. So as I began to write for both of them, that influenced some of the things that I did. My boys, I knew, would need high-energy, high-action stuff. And then we break it down with some really less words but direct words um, to talk about that. Um, But I really do think I've learned that we've got to even, you know, I have two boys. They're 14 and a half months apart. And they could not, they share some similarities, but then they can be really different Mm -hmm. too. And I think my challenge to moms would be, be a student of your child. Mm. What that's works? Good. There's yeah, not a good. one size fits all. You've got to um, learn how to connect with them in ways that they feel seen and known. Because when mm. they feel seen and known, you become a safe place. Yeah. And so I think that's a little bit of a yeah. And you've done it in, in lots of different ways over the mm-hmm. years, even to the point of they go to different schools yeah. along the way. Not every yeah. parent can do that or, yeah. or, or has, no. the, you know, but that's so, it's so unique. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they, our kids, you know, you would think if you had three babies in 28 months that they would all end up in the same high school. <laughs> and yet that wasn't the story God had for us. Right. And what I hope people can take from that is not that you need to send all your kids to mm-hmm. different high schools. I think what we've learned on that journey again, is, Lord, help us to know what is best for each child and show us a way to meet that. And the very things that we loved about one school for one of our kids was the very thing that would not make it as great of a thing. Now, hear this. If they had all ended up at high school A together, God would have met us there. Right. And he would have shown us ways to grow and know him and see his provision. And yet... um, we were we had the opportunity for them to each go where we felt it was a better fit. Yeah, and how, however that looks, the idea is be intentional about yeah. how you parent every child. Yeah. It's not a cookie cutter approach, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, along those same lines, I think it's really you. You're talking about you know words matter and the things that you say um, matter to our kids. So, and one of the questions that we had was, what are two or three things that you feel like your daughter needs to hear from? her mom, and the the next is, what are two to three things that you feel like your son needs to hear 
from mom? Yeah. So I think one of the first things that always comes to my mind when when I'm thinking about Sarah or all these other girls that the Lord has just blessed in my Mm -hmm. life, right, that's crossed my paths with them, is I want them to know their size, how they look, does not determine their value or their worth. And I think that is obviously a message that is loud and has been loud even since I was little about how you look um, determines your value or worth. And I really want my daughter to know her value is is in who the Lord says she Mm. is. Um, I think another thing I would say to Sarah and those girls is don't compare. Don't compare your story is your story. Um, someone else's success does not mean your failure. Right. Um, to be able mm-hmm. to delight in others people's success is a good thing to yeah. celebrate that. Um, I think I would tell her, you are strong and you are capable. Mm. And I, I think part of my journey in my own life has been, I've, I've always been a pretty independent chica. Um, pretty driven and pretty um, focused that way. And yet um, some people couldn't appreciate the fact that I had a lot of dreams and a lot of things I wanted to do. And yet I also wanted to be in a marriage where I could be submissive and, and fall under that protection and that that wing of my husband and so I would want her to know she is strong and capable and part of that strength and capableness is hopefully one day being paired with somebody who complements that Mm -hmm. and they bring out the best in each other Um, I think to my sons I would say acknowledge your emotions and learn how to express them Mm -hmm. I think in our society for years and generations has been men should just stuff those feelings. And I want my sons to recognize when they feel angry. I want them Mm. to recognize when they feel fear. I want them to be able to articulate that and work through them. Mm. I think I would say to my son, use your words, Mm. use your words. My boys have known from a really early age how important I think it is for them to be communicators Mm. um, so that they can um, eventually one day be able to do well in their jobs, do well in their marriages, have meaningful friendships because they're able to talk. Um, I think the last thing I would say to my sons, and they would probably smile if they heard this, was man up. Mm-hmm. Um, again, back to this extreme I see in our society. We have this extreme of the world's vision of a man is strong and he's always controlling and fixing and having to do and overcome and never has this softer side to him. Or we have, honestly, in the Christian community, a lot of passive men who I don't see rising up mm. to lead their families. And so my boys know I feel really strongly. We have lots of conversations. I believe God wants them to rise up and be strong men, strong men that lead their families, strong men that serve their families, mm-hmm. strong men that um, show the love of the Lord. I think when I would think about what I would say to all three of my kids, I have something called the F words, and it originally started to make my boys laugh. But um, (laughs) I would pray for all my kids Mm -hmm. that they would have faith, right? That they would know that Jesus is really all that matters and that the cross, they'll never do anything that's bigger than what was done on the cross. Mm -hmm. I want my kids to make wise choices. I want them to know the blessing of being obedient with the Lord. But if and when they continue to make bad choices, I want them to always know the cross is bigger. I want them to be fierce. I want them to be passionate. I want them to have purpose in what they do. 
I want them to be fearless. Mm. I want them to not be afraid of failure, but that they would boldly walk in obedience to the Lord. And then I want them to have fun. I want them to know that life is meant to be enjoyed um, and that they would be joyful people. So good. Such good content. Such good reminders. Like that's vision casting right there. If you need some vision for your parenting, I feel like whenever you, um, going back, just a side note, whenever you say uh, your boys, you want them to know to use their words. Um, That's so true. Like I grew up in a house full of boys (laughs) and we weren't good at using our words. So how did we Mm -hmm. use our words through action? And we would We'd fight, like mm-hmm. break th- break mm-hmm. things all over the house, put holes in the walls, mm-hmm. and so we. I just literally had this conversation the other night with somebody. So, that's great advice. Yeah, that's so good. Well, it's, so, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm part of that for you. So you go, how do you do that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think for my boys when they were little, we had this emotion chart on the on the fridge, and when they'd say, you say, how are you feeling? And this would happen with Sarah too. What's wrong? I don't know. How are you feeling? I don't know. And beginning to start to train that behavior of, okay, well, then let's look. Mm-hmm. Are you angry? Are you sad? Or, and start trying to help them identify that is a learned skill. Yeah. Most people, most of us don't just automatically know how to express that. And mm-hmm. so it's beginning to say, I've got to stand in that gap mm-hmm. to good. help them know. Yeah, that's so good. So I, you've walked through so many stages with your kids, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to look at if there's look back and see if there's some moments you can think of where it, it made sense or it was the best choice to to pass that mentorship baton for a moment and to say, this small group leader, this coach, this teacher, I really think right now needs to speak into my child's life. When has that happened in the stories of your kids' lives and how do you do that well as a parent? Yeah, I am 100% a believer in other adults being in my kid's life. And I think for us early on, that started out more with our circle of friends, Mm -hmm. um, really getting to know our kids, right? Your community of of people who not just know you well, but are beginning to know who Sarah is and who Luke is and who Nate is, so that not only could they remind me later on when I'm having one of those, oh my gosh moment, who is my kid, they could Mm -hmm. remind me. Um, but also because they could speak into them. And so I think yeah. early on for us, that was That's really good. all about community group yeah. people, right? That really were getting to know our kids. But as our kids have gotten older, the role of a small group leader and the role of a coach, I've talked to a lot of moms, and at times I, I probably have felt this way where they feel, especially when it's female to female, mm-hmm. um, like competition there of potentially being sure. replaced, sure. or my kid might like her small group leader better than she likes me. Yeah. And my challenge in that would be to reframe it and go, that's God's provision. Mm. It's God's provision that there's someone to come along aside you and reinforce the very things Mm. that you're saying. And I'm I'm thinking a particular story right now with Luke. Um, I don't know if I should say his name. Luke, where we were just going through a season where, you know, he's stubborn. He's stubborn. He comes by it honestly. His Mm -hmm. dad's that way, not me. Um, But we're... His coach, we finally just had to call his coach and say, hey, can you just meet with Luke? And the power of having a a coach who he spent hours and hours with come and say the very same things we had said, but all of a sudden sounded like new things to him. Mm -hmm. It's different. And so uh, you you as a parent, though, have to welcome that. Mm -hmm. And I think that being on the other side of being a small group leader and also being on the side of being a parent, 
I, as a parent, have to be willing to be vulnerable and say, hey, I need your help. My kid may not be in a great place right mm-hmm. now, and I need you to know that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's just them being aware, and sometimes that's them taking a different step. But yeah. I definitely believe 100% that it's a priceless thing to have that investment in our kids. Yeah, and you have a, you, you mentioned, you alluded to it a little bit that, that you have a unique position because you are also mm-hmm. a small group leader. You have mm-hmm. been a small group leader, and you've taken yeah. a group of girls from you know early teens to right. graduation mm-hmm. um, all the way yeah. and you've walked with them you walk with their parents and to see that relationship really form and and how you could do it really well and get to know Carol Powell mentions in her book sticky faith and mm-hmm. she addressed specifically that it's important for us to have a sticky web um, for our kids for not not just your your parents but besides your parents having five other adult yeah. adults who are going to walk with them on their spiritual journey and that's that's what's going to lead to success mm-hmm. so there's lots of research behind this idea as well so um so thank you so much for for that i mean yeah. even you being a small group leader has been so beneficial for for us as a church um but for you to recognize that as a mama but i'll say this too i think we have to help our kids know they need that mm-hmm. they don't always recognize they need right, that so yeah. it's back to that conversation of who are some adults in your life that you trust? Who are some adults outside of mom and dad yeah. that you would be willing to go talk to and remind them, mm-hmm. show them, nurture that relationship um, to make them aware? Mm-hmm. That's good. And uh, uh, switching gears a little bit, you are also a working mama. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's a lot of our listeners that are also working mamas uh, as well. And what are some things that you've learned about balancing the hat between you know, home and office and those kind of those, those things? It's a real struggle. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a real struggle for me. I am, I am all in in all the areas, or at least I try to be. And on one hand, that sounds really great and respectable. And on another hand, it really um, can be ungodly because I can get my priorities out of whack or I can get so empty that I'm not operating out of a place of abundance. I'm operating out of a place of emptiness. Mm-hmm. I think I've had to learn. The, Lord's, the Lord has grown me up a lot over the years to recognize I can only do a few things well. And there's a lot of things I can do. There's a lot of things I want to do, but there's only a few things I can do well at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I think having to learn to say no as a recovering people pleaser, um, learning to say that no is not unkind, no is not letting somebody down, that no is oftentimes a really healthy response. And so I think I struggle with, I think, a lot of moms of finding time to take care of myself. And as I've watched my daughter throughout the years who has a lot of my tendencies, it has been a great reminder that she's watching me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not taking care of myself, physically, spiritually, emotionally, what am I modeling for her? Mm-hmm. Right, that the expectation is that you are supposed to run on empty and, yeah. and pour out all the time without taking care of. So that's mm-hmm. it's a work in progress for me. Um, but I do think, especially as your kids get older and their schedule's dictated to you, I think that's one difference from when every season of being a mom's busy. Mm-hmm. Every season of being a mom is requires a lot of energy and time and investment. Just the older your kids get, the less control you have over 
their schedule once you decide to let them do something, right? right? If you decide yeah. to let them do dance or you decide to let them play a sport, then after that, it's kind of dictated back yeah, to you. Yeah, and so I think good. it's having some of those conversations of fighting for time. I think one thing that helps keep me on track is I think, what do I want my kids to say? My mom was really great and did a lot of great things, but man, we got her leftovers. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or, man, my mom was really plugged in with us, and she did some other things. And I want the latter. Mm-hmm. And I haven't always done the latter well, right? I've, I've gotten off track at times, but I think just trying to remember that the end goal. It's really good. I want my legacy to be. Yeah. I love that. I'm like tearing up over here as you're talking because I'm just, I'm like a few steps behind you in this mama journey and hearing all the the wisdom that you have. There's there's not there's just infinite value to the lessons that a mom a few steps ahead can teach a mom that's yeah. a few steps behind. And it's so powerful just to even hear some of the things that you're saying that I'm thinking about my kids walking through that. Um, so, so as a mom for you, Molly, but then looking at other moms, what are some things that a mom needs in different stages? What are ways that the church and community can pour into um, parents as a whole? But just today, since we're talking about moms, what what is a way that communities can rally around moms in these different stages? Yeah. So I think every stage. Yeah. A mom needs her people, mm-hmm. right? You need your tribe. You need your inner circle of friends that are your, you can call them at any point in time and be exactly where you are. Um, and they'll let you be there for a moment, but they don't let you stay there, mm-hmm. right? You, you gotta have your people. But to have your people, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. And that's really scary to, to say, this is where I'm at, or this is, I'm feeling good, right? And not feel like you're bragging, but just sharing, this is what God's doing right now, and it's working, and I feel good. Um, so every stage, you got to have your people. And I think one thing I've loved watching Rolly Hills over the years, when we first came here, there was not a lot of women's ministry. There wasn't a lot of opportunity for women to connect, moms to connect. And I think over the years, I've watched such an investment there And I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Once again, Mm -hmm. fostering community to say, this is a place for you to come um, in the morning. This is a place for you to come at night to get fed spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. Um, I think that's a huge, huge piece. Because if you don't have that, I mean, burnout is just a few steps away. Mm -hmm. Burnout's just a few steps away. I think what you mentioned earlier, Jennifer, of, man, we, we need people who are a little further ahead. And then hopefully we're turning around and reaching for people who are a little further behind us. Um, And sharing your experience. It's not that all of our experiences will be the same, but when we share out of our story, people are reminded that it's okay, Mm -hmm. right? God's always working. The story's not done yet. And we get a lot of encouragement from that. Um, I, I, I think you also just have to give your, what do I need? Every season, I need permission to not be super Molly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I think moms need to be reminded they have permission to not be super mom. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really good. Yeah. Um, on on another note, what are some significant lessons that you've learned or powerful verses um, in the Word of God that has encouraged you as a mom? And can you share a little bit about those yeah. to our listeners? 
So when the Lord gave me Seed Planting Mom as the name of my um, mom ministry, it's hilarious because I don't garden. Like truly, I I kill <laughs> I kill things. That. It's it's really okay. not it's really not good. <laughs> but I love that picture that He's given me, and it resonates mm-hmm. really deeply with me. That there are seeds of truth that I want to plant in my kids' life, and I'm not just called to plant them. Right? I, I think sometimes, especially in the Christian world, we know all these things we want our kids to know. But we don't want them just to know them. We want them to believe them. Mm-hmm. And so in order to, to get to the from the know to the believe, you've got to work the garden. And that means you're pulling weeds. That means you're watering seeds. That means some years you're replanting the seeds every year. And I think that has been an encouragement to me that the harvest is coming. But another powerful place for me was when I realized the harvest isn't mine. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord's. And so I may be diligently working and thinking, I'm not seeing it, Lord. And he's saying, I'm coming. It's coming. Just wait. Um, so really realizing the harvest is the Lord's. Um, I think my two, well, I've recently been doing a Bible study called Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And one of the things that she says is, you know, taking your what ifs. And I think us moms, man, we have a lot so of what many. ifs. What if they don't get this? Or what if they don't have friends? Or what if, what if? Mm-hmm. And part of the challenge throughout the Bible says, say, take that what if and say, because God, right? What if my son doesn't get into college? Well, because God knows him, he, he'll take him down a different path, right? Mm-hmm. And always replacing my what ifs with because God, mm-hmm. because God's writing their story. My two life verses for being a mom are Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace he whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. And I'm asking the Lord for mm-hmm. peace because being a mom is hard. Mm-hmm. There are things that, that come up that I don't know what to do. There are things that come up that break my heart because you go, oh, the pain you're experiencing, I want to shield you from it. Um, and Lord, I trust you. I trust that you're working. And my other one's Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary in doing what is right and good for in due time the harvest will come and i think we have to cling to that verse as parents we have to cling to what we are doing we will not grow weary and day after day doing what is right because god's bringing the harvest Mm. and it doesn't return void that's amazing yeah it's so it's so helpful and so good Mm -hmm. to just hear all the wisdom that the lord has just given you over the years and to think about all he's going to continue to teach you as your kids continue to grow and just an encouragement to our listeners that like we have Molly here and your ministry of seed planting mom. Mm-hmm. We do have a women's ministry here and mm-hmm. mom ministries. And, and like you said, um, the community is there, like jump in because yes. take moms the first need step. Moms. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and just to encourage our listeners with that, that they're, you're not alone. And there's going to be moments as a mom where you're up at 3am or you're in your car waiting for them to get done with soccer, knowing that something, you have to give them some news and you feel alone and you're not alone. So uh, we're just so thankful for the community that we have. And we're so thankful for you and your story and the wisdom that you have. So thank you so much for being with us today, Molly. Thank Thank you, you, Molly. Thank you, guys.